Oh, how's everybody doing? Good. Man, you know, honestly, I didn't expect to see so many of you here this morning because of all the snow. <laughs> I, just, I saw the snow out there this morning. I'm like, Pam, I don't know if everybody will come. How many of you know it's good to be in Jesus' presence? And this, what a crazy week. The world is on fire, but you know who's still on the throne no matter what's going on in the news. Man, Jesus is enthroned, and we came here this morning to worship Him, and He is the one that matters. His report, His opinion, that's what matters more than anything else that you're going to see this week. And uh, as we were getting ready for the service this morning, I thought, uh, go ahead to the next slide, Kelvin. Uh, If you're willing, I'd like you to take out your device and whatever social platform you use most, I'd like you to check in this morning with some version of that. Uh, you, if you find us, you can check in. You'll, it'll come up, NLF Pittsburgh. Uh, if you're willing, if you're thinking, oh, I don't want to write that, but you may want to write something out, just let people know that it was okay to be out and about and to be in Jesus' presence this morning. And when you're done with that, you can put your phone back away, unless you're using it to read your Bible. We're gonna, the ushers are going to come around and monitor what you're actually using your phone for. <laughs> yeah, so... See, I'm now I'm pausing to make sure everybody's like, oh, they're doing the they're doing the thing. So, thank you guys for being here. This what an amazing time in His presence, and what an opportunity for the church to rise up and shine and be a witness for Jesus. Uh, if if you did not see it this week, uh, the President of the United States declared that today was a national day of prayer. So we we have been, and we will continue to pray a little more and worship some more before the end of service. But I just wanted to talk a little bit to you and just tell you where we are and and how this fits in. How many of you think this series has been very timely? At least that's how I felt this week. With what's been going on in the world, to talk about the fact that we are kingdom people, that we are unshakable, that we are unstoppable. There has been something that we really needed to grab hold of out of what we've been talking about this month. And I had no idea when we put this series on the calendar what would be going on in the world around us. So uh, thanks again for being here. And you, I'm going to read a lot of verses today. So bear with me, stay connected, stay in, because I feel like we need to hear God's Word this morning. Come on, how many of you think that that's more important than what's the latest newscast? I, I literally got home this, this week one day, I don't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, I walked in the door, I said, Pam, we need to turn everything else off. I don't, I don't want to hear another news report about what's closing, what the virus is doing. We need to just focus ourselves and have some time to disconnect from that and reconnect with what's important in life. And so I hope you had some opportunities to do that this week too, but I'm going to read a lot of verses because I think what's important for us to connect to are the promises of God and the power of His Word. Uh, so if you haven't been here for this series, the other messages are available online, but we've been doing a series called Un. And un is a little word, but it's powerful. Because when un gets involved, things begin to turn around and mean the opposite of what's been going on in our lives. For example, you may have been watching a lot of news this week and you were afraid. And what does God do? He fills us with his courage and we become unafraid. How many of you know the world could use a little bit of un right now? To calm things down and to deal with some of that fear. And so uh, un turns things around in our lives. God moves it in and out of our lives. And specifically for this series, what we've been talking about is there are some very real, tangible kingdom realities that we need to be part of that are based on un. 
and I already mentioned them. We're unshakable. We're unstoppable. Because we've learned uh, that God's kingdom is from heaven, but it's for earth. There, there is, how many of you know there's no coronavirus in heaven? There's, there's nothing around God's throne. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no tears. There's no sadness. There's no dying. And everything is perfect in His presence there in heaven where we need His kingdom to come and the realities of heaven to be experienced are here on earth. So that's what we've been praying. That's what we've been talking about. And we talked about the kingdom being unshakable, the kingdom being unstoppable. It's, it is both a present reality and still coming. And Jesus commanded us to pray for your will to be done, Lord, here on earth as it is in heaven. So that's, that's what we're after in this season. And we need to remind ourselves that when everything around us is shaking, when everything else doesn't seem like it's going well, we are unshakable people. We are kingdom people. We serve a king who is above all enthroned over everything. There, there is no disease. There is no sickness. There is no illness. There is no situation you could name that doesn't have to bow to the power of the name of Jesus. That, that is the name that has been given to which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. He is Lord. So that's what we're after. And uh, I posted this verse this week because I thought it was a good place to start. And uh, I just want to take some time to read it right now and, and focus ourselves back on what's important. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, this is from the message uh, version. And it actually says this, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. And could we stop right there? And, and wrap our heads around what Jesus is commanding us to do in Scripture, how many people have you met that their first response to all this was, oh, we need to stop and pray right now? I haven't met too many like that. And to be quite honest, I didn't react that well initially this week. I'm the, I'm the, Pam always gets me to this one. I'll come home, I'll start complaining. I'm worried, I'm anxious about something. I'm telling her all the problems that are going on. And Pam will look at me and say, did you pray? Pastor Chris? <laughs> oh, Jesus. And that's right in that moment, it centers me. And I remember like, oh, there is something way, way more important. And, and the very things that I'm encouraging all of us to do together, I need to remind myself, oh, there is a power that's higher than me that I need to turn to and, and center myself and say, God, I need your intervention in this place right now. So I read that verse and I was like, yes, Lord, I hear your voice clearly, whether it's through my wife or through your scriptures, I hear you clearly. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Come on, let God know your concerns. Not your neighbor, not your boss. Let God know your concerns. He's big enough to handle it. And verse 7 says, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. The, the world needs that right now. Everything needs to settle down, a sense of wholeness that can only come from Him. I don't, I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on. There is no doctor you could listen to. There's no politician that is going to communicate something that is going to give you real peace the way that Jesus can. When we begin to talk with him, he begins to send peace from heaven to settle us down. And the verse finishes, it says, It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And there are a lot of people right now in the world that are worried. There are a lot of people that are afraid. The world's panicking. The world's in fear. Come on. Worry sneaks into the center of our lives when we take our eyes off Jesus. 
That's why this verse is in the Bible, because we're, we're human beings, right? We're, we're in this earth realm. We watch the news. We see the, what's going on around us. We hear what people are saying, and we need to get our eyes off of that and back on Jesus. And, and I think when it says take your eyes off of Jesus or take your eyes off the world or things in the world, get our eyes off of Jesus, that simply means what are you giving your most attention to? I'm, I'm not going to stand up here this morning and say, don't turn on the news ever. Come on, that would be burying our head in the sand, right? We're not going to do that. We're going to be aware. But what I am going to stand up here and encourage us is how much time are we spending watching the news and listening to those reports versus how much time are we spending hearing what Jesus has to say about this situation? And that's, that's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking for go live in a desert island and never see another piece of news. I'm just asking spend more time hearing what Jesus has to say about things than what the newscasters have to say. So take that for what it's worth and do what you need to do with it. Don't be ignorant of what's going on. Just give more attention to Jesus. And because he is the one that will change everything. And just, uh, here's a, I want to read a couple verses just to focus us back on Jesus this morning. Who he is and the one that we were here singing to, the one that we believe lives inside of us, the one that has the answers for all the world. So just listen with me for a second. This is in Colossians uh, chapter 1. It says, He is, it's talking about Jesus in these verses, in case you had any questions. It says, He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. And just to think about something for you to chew on as you're reading that verse, it says, Jesus is the heir or the owner of all creation. And if you read Romans chapter 8, it says, God made us co equal heirs with Christ. So, who in this situation, in creation, in the world that we are living in, actually has the ownership and the authority to speak into what's going on in the world right now? We do. Thank you for those we do's. You guys are on the ball. You're paying attention. We are the ones that have the authority to speak life into these situations and see things happen. And this is what it goes on to say about Jesus. Verse 16, it says, For through the Son, everything was created. Nothing that you can see came into existence without Jesus breathing it and allowing it, both in the heavenly realms and on earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, every realm of government, every principality and authority, it was all created through him and for his purpose. Verse 17 says, He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. Can we get a little excited about the Jesus that we serve? This is not a frail man. This is not a human institution. This is the God of the universe that we're talking about here. The one that created it all, holds it together by the power of his word, and he sustains and lives in us. Verse 18 says, He is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in the resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. That verse ought to resonate with the guys in the room. How many of you guys are ultra competitive? Like, you, you don't want to finish second in anything. Like, I got to be first in everything. I, I'm a little competitive, and I got it honestly, because my dad never let me win at anything. <laughs> and I have a vivid memory. We used to play basketball with some of the guys from the church, and I have this vivid memory of somewhere in high school, when I, I finally got to the point where I was faster than my dad, I could outrun him. And, and we were playing basketball, and I got the ball on a breakaway. And dad was on the other team, 
and he was chasing me down the court, he got just close enough where he could put his hand in the middle of my back and push me into the wall under the hoop so that I didn't get the layup. I know why Dad liked Jesus so much, because Jesus was first place in everything. And that's the God we serve. There is no second place with Jesus. He rules over all. He wins everything. He is the victor. There, there is a reason that's one of His titles, the victorious one, because nothing can beat Him. If you and Jesus walk into the room, you are in the majority. You are on the winning team. We don't have to be in fear for what everybody else is saying or what the world looks like. We have Jesus with us. We are the victor. And it says, He is first place in everything. God, give Dad a hug this morning, and if you're playing basketball with him, push him in the wall for me. <laughs> As the apple did not fall far from the tree. That's all i got to say about that. I just have a funny picture of Jesus in all his little robes going down the basketball court giving Dad a little shove. <laughs> Are you allowed to say that in church? I just did, so. Uh, verse 19 this is what it, in 19 and 20 in that verse in Colossians chapter 1, it says, For God is satisfied to have all of His fullness dwelling in Christ, and by the blood of His cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to Himself, brought back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Thank you, God, for who you are, Jesus. You are amazing. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing some scholars actually believe those verses that we just read from Colossians chapter 1 were actually the words to a hymn sung by the early church that they were reminding themselves when they gathered together they would sing about the glory of Jesus who he was and remind themselves that guy is with us that one that made everything and cast the stars into the sky spoke things into he's on our side what a thought and as, as I was looking this week uh, you may be worried by a couple of charts or graphs or maps that you've seen. And I saw a map this week that I wanted to show you. This is a map of everywhere on earth that Jesus is still Lord. <laughs> Just wanted to put that up there this morning because you've seen a lot of infographics this week that might make you a little nervous. But every single one of those places, He is still enthroned and Lord of it all. His blood from the cross brought all of that and more that you can't see because that's just looking down at the earth and we don't see the rest of creation in that map. But everything was brought back to Himself through the blood of the cross. He is the Redeemer, the Restorer, the Reconciler. That is our God. That's the Jesus we serve. And in His wisdom, in His infiniteness, in the Magnificent One, Jesus Christ, Creator and Ruler of the universe, He had this great idea. He said, I'm going to continue to walk around in creation in a Chris suit and a Pam suit in a Steve suit. He said, I went to the cross so that on the day of Pentecost, I could pour myself out by the power of my spirit in the life of every single person that believes in me so that even though I ascend back to the Father and I'm seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, making intercession for us, by the way, thank God Jesus is praying for us during this crisis. But even going back to heaven and sitting there, He said, I'm still going to walk on the earth because I'm going to live in you. Does that boggle anyone else's mind? The, the God that created everything would say, I'm going to walk and experience my creation and pray through my people to see my kingdom come here on this earth. 
There is something we can do right now. If you need to think, what would, what would happen? What should I do in this crisis? You need to stop and remember, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And what the question we need to be asking ourselves is, what would Jesus do in the middle of this crisis? And I'm, man, I just thought the cliches. I was, I was like, man, that would be a great slogan for a little wristband or a t-shirt. What would Jesus do? But I think we're like three decades too late for that one. <laughs> that really is the question. There was a reason that became such a fad, because that is the question believers should be asking ourselves. What would Jesus do in the middle of this thing? He wouldn't panic. He would figure out how to keep loving people, how to keep serving people, how to be wise, how to, how to heal people. Whatever it is, he would do those things. And he's still here on the earth in his body that he is the head of. And we need to show him to the world. In looking at what's going on around us, thinking that Jesus lives in us, here is what we need to do. We need to be compassionate carriers of hope and peace. Can I tell you that this morning? That, that is our job description. You're, you're thinking, what should we do during the coronavirus crisis? Here is your job description on the screen this morning. Be a compassionate carrier of hope and peace. I'm going to tell you, there's, there's a couple ditches on either side of the road that I've seen people fall in during this crisis. And I'm going to tell you what they are, and, and hopefully we won't fall into either one of them. There's a ditch on one side of the road where people buried their head in the sand and said, it's, it's no big deal, it's nothing, don't. Don't believe the fake news. Come on. Can I get one amen in a church full of people that... <laughs> it's not nothing. So we should do something. Okay? So don't, don't fall off the ditch that says, oh, it's, there's nothing to this. We're just going to carry on as normal. There is something going on. So don't fall in that ditch. The other ditch, though, is Chicken Little. The world is ending. This must be the end of everything. We're going to die. We're all going to die. Did you shake hands with that guy? You're going to die, too. Can we stop both of those extremes and, and stay somewhere in the middle where we are compassionate carriers of hope and peace? Please don't belittle and insult people wherever they've fallen on the spectrum. Don't look at a church down the road and say, well, why didn't you have service this morning? You have fear in your life. Don't do that. We are on the same team. And wherever people have landed in this crisis, give them grace. Say, I am going to be a compassionate carrier of hope and peace right now. We're going to pray for you. We're going to be on the same team together. The only one that you have control over how they act is you. You, you can't control whether they close a business or close Disney World. <gasps> like, I almost want to do a survey. What were we with the most mad about closing? Is it, can, can I see hands for hockey? <laughs> There, there may have been people in the church that actually had tickets for a Penguins game this afternoon, and they were like, coronavirus, you've gone too far. Like, that's it, I'm okay with the no toilet paper in the store, but you cancel the Penguins, like, we're throwing down now. Come on, whatever it takes to motivate you to pray and be a compassionate carrier of hope and peace, you need that. The only one that we have control over how we act is you. But, you do have influence over people because of the atmosphere you carry and the person who lives in you. And you, you can't control how other people react, but you can say, you know, I'm carrying peace into this situation. And Jesus, I believe that's a tangible atmosphere that I can release over others right now. Come on, when, when Jesus sent the disciples out, he said, if you find a man of peace, let your peace rest upon that house. 
There, there is something we carry, an atmosphere around us, that we can literally impart to what's going on in the circumstances we walk into. And I, I can't control them, I can't make them respond or act, but I can release what I carry. And that's what we're called to do, in a compassionate way, to be carriers of hope and peace. And, and I do believe that a major factor in the panic we're seeing right now is just the unknown aspect of so many things. There's, there's not a lot of blanks filled in. How many of you know that? That makes people a little nervous. When, when they're taking a trip or a journey or you've asked them to do something and you haven't filled in the end, they're, they're just like, I, I don't know, is it going to be two days, two weeks, two months? Are they ever going to get toilet paper at the store again? Like, that makes people nervous and it makes them panic. And uh, by the way, if, if you went and bought like a year's supply of toilet paper for your house, yeah, I... I was going to say shame on you, but we don't do shame at this church. That is not what God is into. He's not into shame. But I will say, do the right thing and share with your neighbor. (laughs) I I saw this news story. Some guy went around in his truck. He literally bought 17,000 containers of hand sanitizer. Somewhere in the Midwest, this guy was. And he started selling it on eBay and Amazon for like $80 a bottle or something like that. And uh, Amazon pulled his permit to sell because like, hey, you're being a jerk and you're profiting off of a national emergency. So don't be that person. Don't, don't be the hoarder. Don't be the panic person. Uh, this is, <laughs> I have like a mess now. I'm thinking of all the, all the things that are pushing my buttons about this crisis are coming up right now. Thank you very much. I'm, I almost feel like, like this is what I want you to do. Go around to your neighbor and say, look, I'm sharing my hand sanitizer with you. Look, there you go. Who, who tried to get hand sanitizer this week and couldn't find it? Is, did anybody, is anybody still not have some that they really needed it? You, yeah. There's, there's no hand sanitizer in a billion stores within 20 miles of here, but there's all kinds of bar soap. Like, people aren't connecting the dots here. I really, I was going to give this away if nobody, if somebody was unable to find hand sanitizer this week, but look around the room. You guys made it work. Something happened, so we'll, uh, yeah, Steve said, hit him up if you need some. In fact, that's what, if you come up for prayer after service, instead of the anointing oil, he may, uh... For a dollar. <laughs> I am not trying to make light of this by any means. But sometimes it is good to laugh. In the, in the middle of circumstances and situations, it is good to just stop and laugh. Because... There's a verse in Psalms that says the one, in, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. When he sees the enemies trying to raise up against them, God's like, <laughs> like they're trying that again. And sometimes we need to be people that we're so comfortable and confident in who God is that we can laugh in the middle of stuff. It, it really is medicine for your soul. There's strength that comes from the joy of the Lord. There's good things about laughing together. Oh, I did see a meme this week. Chuck Norris got exposed to the coronavirus. And the coronavirus is in quarantine for two weeks. <laughs> Back to my notes. That was, 
That was not a Pastor Chris anointed moment. That was just a Chris moment. That was, that was a dad joke right there if there ever was one. There, where I was, was that people were panicking because of the unknowns. And, and I want to tell you this morning that there will be time when Disney World opens back up. They start playing basketball and hockey again. Your kids will go back to school. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get an amen from a parent? Like, it, for some people, hockey did it for some people, but it wasn't a crisis for some people until the schools closed and they were like, oh my gosh, two weeks that i got to do something with my kids while well, I've still got to work and do everything else. And that was when the real panic set in for some people. And it being unknown, there will be a time. It may seem like it's going to go on forever. But I'm here to tell you that there will be a time when things resume, when life gets back to normal. It has happened over the centuries, over and over again. There's been disruptions in humanity, and then things have returned to normal. And there is only one thing that is unending. There, you may think the coronavirus, the panic, the fear, there's only one thing in all of history that is truly unending. It is the kingdom. We, we are part of an unending kingdom. We serve a God who has no beginning and no end. And we are partakers in eternal life that He has given us. We are citizens of an unending kingdom. That is the un that we're going to end this series with. Is It is an unending kingdom that goes on forever and ever. No matter what happens in this body, Jesus has promised that my life will go on forever. He stood outside that tomb with Mary and Martha and said, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you will never die. Pretty sure Mary and Martha passed off the earthly scene but pretty sure also that they are not dead. And, and I don't care that when you know that you are part of something eternal, fear really has no hold in your life. There is nothing that can come against you that says, you, you're going to have to fear now because this is more powerful than what you're a part of. We have eternal life, and God is in control of what's happening in us. And thank you, Lord. And if... If you're in this place this morning and you don't have eternal life, you're not sure of what's going on because you've never said, I believe in Jesus. I believe that the cross was for me. It's wonderfully easy to start that relationship with Jesus and receive that peace and that joy from just knowing I am part of something eternal. Because of Jesus, I will never die. Even, even if I leave this body and this earth that we're walking on right now, I will not die. I want to read a couple more verses before we go. You guys still okay? We're, we're reading the Bible. We're enjoying things. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, I want to read verses 16 through 18 from the NLT to you this morning. And uh, it says this, That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. That's part of the package with eternal life. Your, your body may be in pain, you may be wasting away, you may need somebody to pray for healing for you, but no matter what's going on, on the outside, inside you are being renewed and strengthened every single day. Jesus is developing something inside of us. And uh, verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 4, can we read the first part of this verse together? For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Did you guys hear what just came out of your own mouth? 
You just, you just confessed something over your life and over this circumstance this morning. Our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us. Thank God for troubles. Thank God that He doesn't let us avoid every difficulty and hardship in life. Sometimes we got to sort through. If you sense like, oh, this difficulty in my life really is an attack from the devil, then pray. Stand against it. Rebuke it. But sometimes troubles just come because we live in this world and God uses them. He's such an amazing, infinite God that He doesn't ever waste any resources. He says, I'll even use the trouble to develop something in my people. He says about the troubles, He says, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You might be getting physically older, but there's something inside you that's eternal, that's being strengthened every day. A a virus might make you physically ill, but it can't touch your faith. It can't steal your peace. It can't steal your joy. Those are things that have their source in an eternal, unending kingdom. What's not seen with our natural eye is going to be around much longer than anything else you can see, taste, or touch. And last week we said when something unstoppable appears, things stop. Today I want to remind us when something unending appears, it puts things in perspective. We, we stop and we say, you know what? These troubles are temporary. They are momentary. They will, they will soon pass. And Jesus is going to endure forever. Man, some, I think some people in the world right now could use a little perspective. Just to realize this is not the end of the world. Jesus is still on the throne. And He is with us. He's given us His eternal life. When I get a glimpse of something eternal, everything that's bothering me in this world starts to get smaller and fade away. In, in, the, in the grand scheme of eternity, if you laid out a timeline of it, this isn't even a blip on the timeline. We need to keep our focus on Jesus. Come on, we, we need to pray, we need to worship. Sometimes we just need to be still and give Him our attention. Say, Jesus, I, I turned the TV off for a minute. I shut off the, the radio, I turned off the computer. I'm just going to sit here and this is your time. Jesus. What do you want to do right now? He'll speak to you in that moment. His peace will flood your heart. He'll give you things that you need right then. And this, this is the last passage I want to I want to read this morning. And uh, I was I was reading through uh, my my Bible this week. I have like a one year Bible that gives you a little passage. And my one year Bible right now is the Old Testament reading it in Numbers. Has anybody ever given up when no. when you get into Numbers? <laughs> like yeah, Dottie said it's gripping. <laughs> There are some great stories in Numbers. There, there are some good... The prayer of Jabez is in Numbers. Balaam doing his deal was in Numbers. Uh, there are some cool things. There are also some things you're like, Jesus, why did you put that in the Bible? And do I really have to read all of that? But I was reading uh, through the book of Numbers this week, and there was a story when Moses was leading the people of Israel out of Egypt, and uh, there was this guy named Korah who had risen up against Moses. He said that... That guy doesn't know what he's doing. He brought us out in the desert to die. And he was really causing trouble for Moses. And uh, Moses never lost his cool. He said, here's what we're going to do. That guy is going to go stand by his tent with his family. And I'm going to go stand over here with my family. And God's going to show you who's really in charge. The ground opened up under Korah's tent. 
and says, literally it says, he and his family alive went down to the grave. That the ground opened up, swallowed them, and closed back over. And you're reading this story, and you would think, score one for Moses, like all the people now are going to be like, we're with that guy. We're not going to get our family swallowed up. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm on his team. You know what it says in the next verse? It says the people complained against Moses because of what happened to Korah. Something's not registering with this. Like, you don't understand what just happened supernaturally that that guy's not here anymore. But it says they complained. And what happened when they complained? It says a plague broke out among the people. They, they literally started to get sick and die right at that moment from their complaining and their unbelief. And this is, this is what it says in Numbers chapter 16, verse 47. So Aaron did as Moses said and ran into the midst of the assembly. The plague had already started among the people, but Aaron offered the incense and made atonement for them. He stood between the living and the dead, and the plague stopped. And God just, he just quickened in my mind. You know, that's why you can't hear me this morning. <laughs> that's much better, isn't it? Not only did I forget to turn it on, I had it in my pocket. Now, I was so excited about Jesus, I don't know what's going on. I just got to start talking. All right, so I'm going to have to go back to the beginning and preach this whole thing again. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm reading this verse, and, and it just struck me. Like, anytime you see incense in the Bible, it's often a picture of the prayers and the worship of God's people. Like, that there are, there, if you use the Bible to interpret the Bible, there is language that tells you that's what incense is when you see it. And it just struck me, that's our job right now. There, there may be a plague spreading among the people right now, but our job is to offer incense. You, you, you can't, come on, unless you're, unless you're Dr. Rick, going to write somebody a prescription or give them a shot, you're probably not here this morning in the business of treating people for the virus. Anybody taking house calls? Like, if you're sick, sign me up, come over to my house, and I'll treat you. We're not, none of us are doing that. But our job that we can do, each and every one of us as believers, is we can offer incense. We can say, I'm going to take a minute to pray. I'm going to worship. Hey, this, this situation at work is getting out of control. They're, they're panicked so much. I've never seen my boss act like this. You know what? I'm just going to pray right here for a second. I'm going to release peace over my workplace. My neighbors just went nuts. They got in a fist fight at the store over over groceries or toilet paper or whatever. Come on, there's crazy things happening. You can say, you know what? Hey, neighbor, can can I just take a minute to pray for you? I just I know God's given me peace during the middle of the circumstance. I want to ask Him to give that to you too. We carry that with us. We can offer incense and stand in the gap between the living and the dead and see God come and make atonement and cover the people and turn back the tide of the disease. Because I will tell you right now, people that aren't Christians are not going to stop to pray and worship in the middle of this circumstance. Come on, you're, you're not going to turn on the TV and see the governor saying, let's all pray and worship right now, and I'm going to lead us in singing this new song. The, pre the, <laughs> the, the president said, go pray. But the world in general, is not going to encourage you, hey, take a minute to, to get your peace and your joy back. Take a minute to pray and to worship. And if we don't do it, it's not going to happen. 
And when I say we, I don't just mean New Life Fellowship. I mean the church at large in our nation, in the world. We are called to stand in the gap and just to worship and to pray. I, we, we, may, we might not see everybody get healed. We might not see a turn in the thing tomorrow. But I know that our job is to pray and to worship. And if I do my job, I have to trust that Jesus will do his job. And I, I can't get those things confused. I've got to let him be who he is, and I have to be who he's called me to be. And who he's called me to be is a prayer and a worshiper. And that's what we're going to do for our nation, for our families, for our world. Man. And here's, here's the last unthought for this whole series. Uh, I just heard this this week. Unusual circumstances produce uncommon breakthroughs. How many of you would classify what we're going through in our country as an unusual circumstance? Yeah, I got, I got like 50% of the hands. The rest of you were old enough to remember the bubonic plague and Spanish flu. Like, No, these, these are unusual circumstances we are living through right now, and that positions us to see uncommon breakthroughs. Come on, you don't get to... You don't get to kill a nine-foot giant every day if you're doing your normal everyday life sitting out in the sheep pen. Come on. Unusual circumstances are what positions you to see uncommon breakthroughs. And more than ever, we are in a place of unusual circumstances where we should be expecting God do something that we've never seen before. Because the world, the enemy, is trying to produce something we've never seen before. And we need you to step into the breach. I know sickness and disease is from the devil. Okay, that that is the source and origin of it. And if you ever had any questions whether this one is from the devil or not, look at the effects. Isolate yourself. Be away from people. Be suspicious. Don't 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 love people. Don't touch people. Don't hug them. Don't do that. Stay away. Come on. Does that sound like God's kingdom or does that sound like the enemy? That's what he's been after all along. I want you guys to isolate don't show God's love in the world. Stay to yourself. And we are called in these unusual times to expect God to do some uncommon things. So here's the action item today. It's the same one it was last week and the week before. Purpose to worship. And I'm going to ask the team to come back up. We're, we're going to take some time to worship before we go today. Um, but as they come back up and start playing, the first thing I would like us to do can we give them a hand? Thank you. I, I did see, can, and you can give yourselves a hand because you are part of the team. There, there was a sound from heaven in this place this morning as we were singing and worshiping together. Um, I did see, I've, I've seen some funny memes this week. I will give you that. Uh, I saw one that showed the, the worship and media team showing up for a church service Sunday, and they all had their hazmat suits on. So uh, they they have been faithful to be here to rehearse and to do things no matter what. So what I would like us to do, they're going to start playing softly, and we're going to take some time to just pray. We're going to take three or four or five minutes while, while we're softly playing up here that I want you to get with somebody next to you and just pray. Pray, pray for peace to be released in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. Pray 
come on, here's a great one. We're supposed to pray for healing. How about praying that God releases wisdom from heaven to completely eradicate this disease? Could, could we pray that one and be so bold in that prayer? You can go ahead and stand. And uh, I'm going to... Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you for your prayers all over the building right now. Every circle, every combination, every gathering right there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you hear our prayers, God. Woo. We just release your love, your compassion even right now. We just release the compassion of heaven even over our prayers right now. Yeah, God, we thank you for hugs from heaven, even in our prayers. <laughs> Let us hug people through our prayers. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you for words of life, words of blessing. Thank you for the release of your love, God, the release of your glory. Yeah, Jesus. We're going to worship even more. How about that? Whoop, whoop. We're going to worship even more as we go. I just want to remind us that, you know, as much as we are standing and believing in faith, just to encourage us to remember, don't be reckless. You know what I mean? Come on, don't be reckless. Let's just use wisdom and use our common sense that God's given us, all right? There are people today, even this morning that came up, and some people have kids or elderly you know what, if next week's different and you're not comfortable coming to church, you know what, there's no judgment. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to criticize you because we are for one another. We are for the church. We are for the kingdom. So don't be reckless in your conversations or in judgment of other people. Come on, right? Just release the blessing of the Lord. Even as Chris said, come on, we are compassionate carriers of the kingdom of God. So use the common sense and the wisdom that God's given us. Do things that are smart, but don't judge critically those that are making decisions that are different than yours, okay? We want to be gathering in any way that we can, but blessing in every way, even above that. So let's worship together because God is the only one able, yes to allow us to be the blessing in the carriers. Chris is back there on the base. So come on, let's just get our hearts and our hands and our love. Let's just worship even as we go. We're going to say bye-bye to fear in Jesus' name. We're going to stand in his love. Amen. Come on up if you need prayer. Come get prayer. But worship, yes.
Yeah.